Welcome, sons and daughters of God, as we gather again today for worship through the wonder of technology and the talent of many people to put this together. We thank you for taking the time to be with us and allowing us to spend some of our time with you. Today we hear Jesus tell us that we need to watch and wait and be prepared. But you know, sometimes it's hard to stay ready all the time. We get tired and the time just passes by. We're not really sure what direction we're going. And that can be quite tragic. And so today we want to hear God's good news to us that will encourage us to be prepared and watchful for whenever God comes into our life. So now we invite you to prepare for worship. Maybe light a candle and say a prayer and ask that God's Spirit would fill the space where you are watching and prepare yourselves as we begin our worship together. Lutheran tradition, we believe that baptism becomes the, the beginning of our relationship with God and with God's people. And so it is fitting that we gather beside the baptismal font and confess our need for God's mercy and love and for renewal for daily living. 
Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, in whose image we are made, who claims us and calls us beloved. Amen. We confess together, Holy One, we, we confess, confess that we are, are not awake, awake for, for you. you. We, we are, are not faithful in using your gifts. We forget the least of our siblings. We do not see your beautiful image in one another. We are infected by sin that drives your beloved community. Open our hearts to your coming. Open our eyes to see you and our neighbor. Open our hands to serve your creation. Amen. Amen. Beloved, we are God's children. And Jesus, our beloved, opens the door to us. Through Jesus, your sins are forgiven. By Jesus, you are welcome. In Jesus, you are called to rejoice. Let us live in the promises prepared for us from the foundation of the world. Amen. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. the purpose of reconciling the broken to your heart, 
Lead us as new creations to listen, to love, and forgive. of God, who in Christ is reconciling the world, fill our hearts to overflowing as we share your healing love. Reconcile the world with compassion and grace, O God. Make your appeal through us, the ambassadors of Christ. pray together. O God of justice and love, you illumine our way through life with the words of your Son. Give us the light we need and awaken us to the needs of others through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. As this week our nation honors those who served in the armed forces on Veterans Day, it is fitting for us to pause and offer our thanks for their service and offer God's blessings upon them in the days ahead. Let us pray. Loving God, we ask for blessings on all those who have served their country in the armed forces. We ask for healing for the veterans who have been wounded in body and soul in conflicts around the globe. We pray especially for the young men and women in the thousands who are coming home with injured bodies and traumatized spirits. Bring solace to them, O Lord. May we pray for them when they cannot pray. We ask for an end to wars and the dawning of a new era of peace as a way to honor all the veterans of past wars. Have mercy on all our veterans. Bring peace to their hearts and peace to the regions they fought in. Bless all the soldiers who served in non-combative posts. May their calling to service continue in their lives in many positive ways. Give us all the creative vision to see a world which, grown weary with fighting, moves to affirming the life of every human being, and so moves beyond war. Hear our prayer, O Prince of Peace. Hear our prayer. Amen. Amen. The first reading is from First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. 
Some of the Thessalonians are worried that dead Christians will be excluded from the resurrection to eternal life when Christ comes again. Paul reassures them with the word of hope that all Christians, living or dead, will be raised into everlasting life with Christ. A reading from 1 Thessalonians. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out to meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, 
We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. In Jesus' name, amen. Waiting. We have been doing a lot of waiting over these past months. Waiting for a vaccine. Waiting for the restrictions to be lifted. Waiting for the test results to see if they're positive or not. Waiting for the absentee ballot to arrive so we could fill it out. And if you participated live this past Tuesday, I'm sure you did a lot of what a lot of people did, standing in line, waiting to cast your ballot. And at least as of right now, we are still waiting, waiting to see the outcome of our voting. And we will continue to wait as we wonder what the course of our country will take in the future as we have waited for a long time to see what the outcome would be. We don't wait very well. We're not a good bunch of waiters. And we don't wait very well, especially if we're waiting on something important. It was December the 11th, 1944, when my father-in-law carefully piloted his B-17 to a landing in a field somewhere in Hungary. He was listed along with his crew as being missing in action, but he had been picked up by the Russian underground and moved around for several weeks. But the word back home was that he was still missing in action and the folks there were anxiously waiting. Waiting for news of his condition. Waiting to hear whether or not he was dead or alive. They waited on pins and needles for any news about his situation. As it turned out, To make a long and interesting story short enough for a sermon, he happened to spend Christmas having Christmas dinner with the King of Romania, while the folks in Wilmington could hardly get their food down. They were so worried and waiting. But needless to say, once they were reunited, all of the waiting 
was well worth it. I don't know if I've ever experienced waiting like that. But we are awaiting people. In fact, we follow in a long line of people who have waited. Abraham and Sarah waited for their promised child. The people of Israel waited to be rescued from slavery in Egypt and then waited another 40 years before they could go into the promised land. They waited for their kings. They waited for a Messiah. So waiting is something that God's people know very well or should. Today we hear a portion of a letter that St. Paul wrote to the Christians in Thessalonica who were growing quite anxious because they expected Jesus to return during their lifetime. And, and they were worried as they waited for his return that maybe somehow they had missed it. And then as some of their loved ones began to die, they were really worried that they would miss it. Paul offered words of comfort with the promise of God's faithfulness. He said that all who wait in the Lord will be with God and always will belong to God, living or dead. We believe that Paul wrote that letter around 51 A.D., some 20 years after Jesus walked on the earth. So you could see how long they had waited for His return. And we might also imagine how hard it must have been to inspire Matthew's audience 30-some years after Paul's letter. They were a community of faith that had undergone great persecution and many trials, and they were having a hard time staying faithful. And so some of Jesus' parables in Matthew's Gospel tried to encourage them to remain vigilant and patient in the face of a, of a long delay, one that was much longer than the early Christians expected. Here we are, nearly 2,000 years after Matthew's Gospel. Are we anxiously waiting Christ's return? Does that part of our profession of faith, that He will come again to judge the living and the dead, does that keep us up at night? Maybe not. Maybe not. But even so, what are we going to do with this story Jesus tells today? Well, if nothing else, this story does challenge us to be ready whenever Jesus comes. And His coming may be at the end of time, as we profess. 
But maybe this is also speaking to us about the end of our own life. When we will face Jesus, we, we will be with Jesus face to face as he comes to us personally. Or maybe this story is meant to encourage us and even warn us that we need to be alert to how he can show up in our life every day. The good news of this story, this rather strange story, is that God shows up. The bridegroom does come, even when we least expect it. And because we all don't always know when to expect his coming, we do need to be ready. But staying ready, staying prepared, waiting all that time, that's hard to sustain. And we get tired. We, we get caught up in all the hundreds of things that fill our life every day. The hour grows late. And we doze off. But, if we are at all concerned about Christ coming into our lives, what can we take away from today's Scripture that might help us to be prepared to wait and watch? I certainly hope this will help. First off, there's going to be a grand celebration. The story ends with a great banquet. God will be the host of a wonderful meal, a wonderful celebration of life. And God promises that's going to be part of our story as well. But without that promise, why are we here? Why do we do all of this except for the promise that one day all of this will not be needed, that we will be together with God in, a, in that great celebration, that our story ends with, with joy and a festive gathering. Just last week, we celebrated All Saints Day. A day that it was a feast of, of promise that God will take us to a glorious banquet where all of His saints will gather together in glory. So let's not give up on the glory just because we get tired of waiting for it. Still, we are not there yet. And we do need to be prepared for the long haul. And part of that preparation can come as we think about what can we do today that will help us 
live that holy life that God wants for all of his people? How can we live in Christ now? I'm not crazy about how the story leaves half of the bridesmaids out of the party. But it does point out the fact that things like that do happen. We can miss our window of opportunity. Time sometimes will run out. And we can miss that chance to patch up a, a broken relationship or forgive a hurt or heal a wound or release a grudge or give up a habit or a hundred other things like it that will be the fruit of holy living, of Christ living with us now each and every day. We can miss those opportunities and we know that so often we do. But even when we do, we try to convince ourselves, oh, there's more time. I'll get around to it one of these days. But maybe this parable is telling us that there may not be time for some of those things. That we might miss our chance to see Christ and to be Christ at work in the world today. And so Jesus is inviting us through this story to remember what he taught us in his Sermon on the Mount. That today is all we have today. That tomorrow, if it comes, will have its own gifts and its own challenges. We can't figure on tomorrow. We need to do today what needs doing today. And maybe the last thing that we can learn from our waiting is that we do not wait alone. Or at least we don't have to. While we might have to find our own personal spiritual oil that will keep our lamps burning, there's a great irony that sometimes we will find in community a whole group of other people that are looking for the same thing. That means that we can turn to church to be a place, to be a people where we can find support in one another as we wait together. Or at least that's what the church should be. Paul ends today's passage by saying, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another. We can share our faith, our experience of God we can help one another in the midst of our doubts and our drowsiness. We can forgive one another. We can pray for one another. We can study the Scriptures together. We can baptize people into new life. We share a meal to remind us of the promise that we are never 
alone. Just like that parable, we have the promise that the bridegroom will come. And as, while we are waiting together, we anticipate His coming with great joy. We don't just follow a bunch of rituals here in the church. Rather, we celebrate these things as gifts from God to remind us of His coming and to sustain us and refuel us so that we can have the confidence that He is with us while we wait. They sat together on Easter Sunday morning. Only they did not sing the glorious Easter hymns. They couldn't. Their wife and mother had died earlier in the week and their grief wrapped around them like a pall of darkness. They were embraced and supported by their church family who reached out to them and tried to comfort them in all kinds of different ways. And the family continued to come to church and sit in that place where they always sat together. But still, they did not sing. But then finally, one Sunday, the father asked the pastor if he could address the congregation. And at the beginning of the service, he stood and said, I want to thank you all for what you have done for me and my children in these past months. It has meant so much. The loss of my wife and their mother was a huge blow to us. I confess that it challenged my faith. But you wrapped your arms around us and held us up. And you sang for us when we couldn't sing ourselves. You kept helping us to know the love that God has for us. And through your love and His love, we know that she lives in Christ. So now we join you in song. We wait together in community. And each time we support one another, we become the presence of Christ to each other. We are those who wait and watch together, wise and foolish both. We are those who sit with each other in times of pain and loss, we celebrate our successes. We mourn our regrets and losses. We're those who give hope when hope is scarce. We give comfort when it's needed and courage when we are afraid. We are those who help each other to wait. Encouraging each other to keep the faith in the promises of Christ. waiting. Jesus says, keep watch. 
You don't know when I'm going to show up. It may be at the end of time. It may be at the end of our life. And it very well may be today. When we see the face of Christ in the holy living that we do and in the faces of our sisters and brothers. In any case, our waiting is filled with opportunities to do holy work until that day when we will all join together in that grand celebration that God has planned for all His people. Amen. May it be so. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. For the time is drawing nigh. Sisters, don't grow weary. Brothers, don't grow weary. Children, don't grow weary. For the time is drawing nigh. It's our faith makes us happy. It's our faith makes us happy. It's our faith makes us happy for the time is drawing nigh sisters don't grow weary brothers don't grow weary children don't grow weary for the time is drawing nigh we are climbing jacob's ladder we are climbing Jacob's ladder, we are climbing Jacob's ladder, for the time is drawing nigh. Sisters, don't grow weary, brothers, don't grow weary, children, don't grow weary, for the time is drawing nigh. Every round goes higher, higher. Sisters, don't grow weary. Brothers, don't grow weary. Children, don't grow weary. For the time is drawing nigh. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. The peace of Christ be with you. The peace of the Lord be with you.
longing for Christ's reign to come among us, we pray for God's power to come upon the church, the world, and all in need, responding to each petition with the words from today's psalm, O Lord, make haste to help us. Holy God, rouse us to prayer and praise, both when we gather for worship and when we cannot. Sustain all those who help us to worship at this time. Be pleased, O God, to deliver us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Holy Creator, delight us with the autumn beauty of your earth. At this change of seasons, give the animals what they need for survival. Be pleased, O God, to deliver us. O Lord, Lord, make make haste to help us. Holy Peacemaker, give peace to our conflicted nation. Quell all attempts at violence and halt the desire for retribution. Cure our nation from prejudice of every kind. Teach us how to abide together as one diverse people. Restore families and friendships torn apart by political differences. Be pleased, O God, to deliver us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Holy Sovereign, Grant that all newly elected officials of government will work faithfully for the common good. Give them wisdom, honesty, and humility. Illume their convictions with the spirit of cooperation. Give to our nation patience as it awaits the presidential election results. Be pleased, O God, to deliver us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Holy healer, bring health and wholeness to those who are sick, those who live with chronic pain, and the thousands who daily contract COVID-19. Console those who feel lonely or abandoned. Protect those living in resettlement camps. Uphold medical care workers, especially in third world countries. We pray especially for those we name here before you. Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, Sam Green, Alberta Holden, Hank Mazur, Mike Redden, Mary Lou Schofield, Steve Sherrill, Roger Strong, Bob Stroud, Matt Surek, Ron Wagner, and those on our lips or in our hearts. Be pleased, O God, to deliver us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Holy Beloved, Form us into a people close to your heart and receive now our silent petitions. 
Be pleased, O God, to deliver us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Receive these prayers for the same sake of him who lived, died, and rose for us. Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your king kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Again, we welcome you to this time of worship and hope and pray that as we spent this time together, it will be meaningful to you as you go through the rest of your week and that you will know God's presence throughout your daily life. We're announcing our congregational meeting that will be held on Sunday, November the 15th at 1.30 in the afternoon. We will be holding a virtual meeting via Zoom, and we will be sending out information and instructions about how to access that meeting this coming week. Um, if you need to uh, do so by phone, you may uh, attend the meeting by phone. You don't have to have a computer to be a part of the meeting. But this will be the opportunity for us to uh, adopt our 2021 spending plan as well as elect our new leaders for the coming term. So we urge you to be a part of this important work. If you would like uh, one or more of the blue chairs that have been in Perry Hall and in the sanctuary, you're certainly invited to come and pick, pick some up and take them home with you. Uh, we are replacing all the chairs with new chairs and and thought maybe some of you would like to have some of these as a keepsake. But please uh, come and get them, and uh, we will donate the rest probably to Habitat Restore uh, for those who, that are left. Our virtual Living to Vital Giving campaign continues as we have been receiving your statements of intent for the 2021 ministry here at Reconciliation. We want to thank all of you who had a chance to uh, make those intentions known uh, for the, the work that we are sharing. There have been many of you who have shown great generosity in what you plan to do for the coming year to make our ministry possible. If you haven't yet done so, it's not too late. Uh, you may mail in your card uh, in the envelope that was provided in the mailing, or you can call the office and speak to Jean Matheny or email her with your statement of intent. But we certainly want to thank all of you for participating. And also we'd like to say a word of thanksgiving uh, for those statements of intent and ask God to bless them uh, as we dedicate them at this time. Gracious and loving God, giver of all that is good and true and beautiful and life-giving, your people of reconciliation have been making their intentions 
to support your work of ministry. These statements of intent represent our efforts, our work, our hopes for what you want to do through us. These are tokens of the gifts that you have given to us. We offer them in thanksgiving for all we have received, for all we have been inspired to be, for all we are challenged to become in this place. May they be the first fruits of all we have and not what we have left over, for that is how you give to us. May we see these as our offering to you, sacred and holy, yet earthy and filled with possibilities. Use these offerings that we give to bring to life your kingdom work, that all may be blessed. And as we give our offerings each week or month, may we see our very selves being part of our offering. It is, it is us that we give living sacrifices to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now. And God will love you forever. Truly, this is the good news that gives us new life. The news that helps us to watch and wait and be ready for his coming whenever that coming is. And we do so knowing that God will bless us and keep us that God's face will shine on us with grace and mercy, that God will look upon us with favor and will give us peace. Amen. Amen. Praising my Savior 
sing my Savior all the day long. Go in peace. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Thanks be to God.